0: What does God want for marriage, kids, future, and legacy? What's God's hope?
1: Yeah, unity and a a showing of what the gospel is in a family dynamic, um, forgiveness, communication, unity, um, walking together. God has a blessed plan for our lives and our legacy. And Satan wants to do anything he can to destroy that
0: and kids are gonna get either a positive or negative view of marriage by watching yours. Mm
1: -hmm. It's humbling to have kids because it points out the areas that maybe when you're just married without kids, you may not have to deal with, Um, but they kids see all things that we do wrong. Hey, Mark and Grace Driscoll here. Thanks for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. If you wanna leave your review, you can do so on any of the platforms you listen to. And one example would be from a person that says, so helpful, with a newborn at home, I have a lot of time on my hands while nursing that I love to use to grow spiritually. One of the ways I try to do that is through this podcast, which is at an approximate 20 minutes which is perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Lots of love from Germany.
0: Nice, we've been there. We had a great time. Yes. All right, tell them about our trip to Germany real quick before we jump into the podcast. Some years ago, we got to take a little trip there.
1: We did. We went to the Wartburg Castle um, and we went along the Rhine River and went into the little towns. Um, It was just a super fun. We did a little
0: Luther tour. So we went to Luther's house, uh, uh, Martin and Catherine, and we went to the Wartburg Castle where he translated the Bible into the language of the day. It was fun. And uh, and then the Lower Rhine River was beautiful. It was so romantic. We stayed in this really old kind of bed and breakfast right along the river and just little cobblestone shops and streets mm-hmm. and restaurants. And one of my favorite things is eating outside. We did that. And just... This has nothing to do with the episode, but I'm the guy, I need to have fun on the calendar. (laughs) I need to have a trip, an adventure. I need to have something to look forward to. And it can't be too far out. You got (laughs) to have fun on the calendar. And uh, it was really cool because the big boat would go up and down the Rhine River and just make port stops at all of these little cities and you just walk on the boat. And if you saw a little town, little village, little hamlet that you thought was cute, you just get off the boat, walk around, go shopping, get a bite to eat, go visit the churches, which I always find interesting to go visit the old churches. And so we spent some days there on the lower Rhine and it was just super romantic. It was great weather. It was picturesque. It was back when the world was open and people got to have fun. Remember the good old days? Yeah, Yeah. it was
1: amazing. It was a great memory. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, if you're married, man, that little uh, reminder from Germany is just think about what would be fun. And uh, and you and I are always putting fun on the calendar and making plans. And I keep asking you what you want to do next. And we were on a hike recently and you gave me the next bucket list item.
1: Yeah, I want to go to the Bible Museum. I want to go to the
0: Bible Museum? So I would do that with you. <laughs> if you wanted to go shoe shopping, I would wait for you in the mall.
1: <laughs> but if you want to
0: go to the Bible Museum, I'd do it with you. Well, welcome to the uh, Real Marriage Podcast, uh, Mark and Grace here and. In this season of episodes, we're looking at marriages in the book of Genesis. So I'm preaching verse by verse through the book of Genesis. We've got a study guide, introduction, overview, group questions, commentary. We'll give it to you for free because we love you. And my, uh, this is my side hustle. My full-time gig is teaching through <laughs> books of the Bible. And you can join us for that. But what we're looking at are the marriages because Genesis really is, it's a book about marriage and family. And it starts with God making a man and a woman, creating marriage, the first marriage, and then looking at marriages that ensue for generations. And so one way to look at the book of Genesis, it is the anthology and genealogy of generations of marriages and families. Good and bad. Some of the best and some, some of, of the worst. worst. Um, and so uh, in this uh, four-part series, we're looking at the first marriage of Adam and Eve. And we're going to pick up a little information from a book that we wrote together called Win Your War. And the basic thesis when it comes to uh, that book is that a lot of people think of spiritual warfare and marriage as two totally separate things. The truth is,
1: it's always there picking at your marriage. (laughs) Yeah, spiritual
0: warfare is in marriage, man. Mm -hmm. The first spiritual warfare in the Bible is Satan comes after a married couple. He didn't even, he didn't attack Adam when he was single. He waited until he was married. And a lot of times we think, well, I'll just get married and then everything will get better. And you're like, oh, no, (laughs) it's just it's you're going to get attacked because Satan hates love. He hates unity. He hates oneness. He hates marriage uh, because it's a picture of our covenant relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so he attacks it. And um, most people who are non-Christians think that there are two people in their marriage, the husband and the wife. Christians tend to think that there are three people in the marriage, the husband, the wife, and the Lord. The Bible teaches us in Genesis one and two with the first marriage, and then Genesis three with the first spiritual warfare against marriage, there's actually four people in the marriage. There's the husband and the wife, the Lord and Satan. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, when it comes to the Lord, honey, uh, the Lord has a plan for your marriage, your legacy, and family. Maybe explain that to them. What does God want for marriage, kids, future, and legacy. What's God's hope?
1: Yeah, unity and a a showing of what the gospel is in a family dynamic, um, forgiveness, communication, unity, um, walking together. God has a blessed plan for our lives and our legacy, and Satan wants to do anything he can to destroy that.
0: And kids are going to get either a positive or negative view of marriage by watching yours. Mm
1: It's humbling to have kids because it points out the areas that maybe when you're just married without kids, you may not have to deal with. Um, But they kids see all things that we do wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and it's interesting, we've got two kids that are married now, and they married at a young age. And I hope and I pray that, you know, that in addition to the Real Marriage Podcast, we've had a real marriage, but we're honest with the kids that we are sinners, we do need Jesus, we have failed we make mistakes uh i make most of them and uh no
1: <laughs> and uh
0: but I, I want them to see marriage with hope and i want them to see children as a blessing and i want them to see the future as uh as filled with god's grace and god's goodness and god's um god's presence and this is god's heart for your marriage is not that it would just Um, bless you that it would that it would create an environment for your children to have hope for marriage Mm -hmm. and honor marriage and look forward to getting married and looking forward to being parents themselves and then having a healthy marriage that the children can grow up in and see so that marriage is not just something that you enjoy but that generations of people with your last name they enjoy it too yeah and uh god's heart really is for your marriage and there's a there's a verse i want to read it's in exodus 34 verses 6 and 7 and it's kind of curious because of all the verses in the bible this is the verse that the bible quotes the most Mm -hmm. so this is the verse that appears more than any other verse in the whole bible and it's god telling us who he is yahweh the lord the god of compassion and mercy Mm That's a really good word for marriage. Mm -hmm. We've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. We've all failed. We've all sinned. We've all been selfish and independent. God has compassion and mercy. He says, I'm slow to anger.
1: Mm, That's big.
0: That's huge. So you're like, how is God upset? God's got a very long wick. He doesn't start with anger. You got to really get him there. Uh, Slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. This Mm -hmm. is the essence of a healthy relationship. I lavish just abundance, overflowing, mm. generous uh, giving of unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. God looks at your marriage and what he says is compassion, mercy, unfailing love, faithfulness, lavish, unfailing love, forgiveness of iniquity, rebellion, and sin. I'd like to pour out on your marriage And I'd like it to be so overflowing that it goes for a thousand generations.
1: It's awesome. He's modeled it for us and wants us to have and do the same.
0: Yeah. And uh, if that's God's heart, it's like, okay. Um, But again, there's four people in the marriage.
1: Well, hopefully Satan's not in your marriage, but he He shows up. Yeah, he's poking at it <laughs> he's around it
0: <laughs> he shows up and he showed up to Adam and Eve and they had a perfect environment and he mm-hmm. still showed up so you can even try and get your marriage perfect and, and you can't <laughs> good luck with that but they had a perfect marriage and they were perfect people and they're in a perfect environment and Satan still showed up yeah. and sometimes what happens to a married couple when Satan shows up and that could be temptation lies accusations spiritual attack sickness whatever the case may be you think what did we do wrong and like you may not have done it I mean you may have done something wrong may have done nothing wrong Mm -hmm. Uh, at that point adam and eve hadn't done anything wrong they're perfect people perfect marriage perfect environment they still get spiritually attacked yeah and sometimes people think well gosh why 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 is this happening and let me just tell you this the great lie that satan tells is that god is the one who's attacking you Mm. Because if you don't believe that Satan is also trying to get into your marriage, then everything that happens, if you only believe there are three people in the marriage, the husband, the wife, and the Lord, then if something happens, you're either going to attack the spouse or you're going to attack the Lord because you feel like they're attacking you. So you're going to attack back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the demonic, satanic trick. Satan is crafty and he's cunning and he's... He's secretive. And as a result, um, he's he's got you attacking God or attacking your spouse instead of understanding that you're under attack and you need to stick with the Lord and your spouse. Mm -hmm. That's spiritual warfare. Um, So when we look at our first parents, Adam and Eve, and Satan shows up, maybe just explain, honey, from your perspective as a wife, um, how Satan attacked the first marriage particularly in regards to the woman
1: um he challenged her identity that uh don't you want to be greater than you are don't you want to have everything
0: so maybe, maybe would you say that that would be trying to get her to be insecure mm-hmm. and to um and to try and forge an identity for herself apart yeah. from God and her Independence. spouse yeah, yeah.
1: mm-hmm yeah and he wanted her to think that she was missing out and that um she didn't need to trust god that she could trust herself to make the decisions without him and so he wanted her to be independent from god and so he manipulated what the word of god said he didn't even repeat it correctly and she she gave into it
0: so sometimes Spiritual attack and spiritual warfare it is under the guise of being very religious mm-hmm. um because Satan does show up and he misquotes god God's word, mm-hmm. and sometimes the spiritual warfare that your marriage is enduring is religious. it's a religious spirit. Satan came at the couple with a religious spirit, and that was misquoting God's word, but pretending that it's what God said. Mm-hmm. It's a misrepresentation. It's an abuse of God's word because God told them, don't eat of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And then um
1: he added to it. Yeah.
0: And then, at, well, Satan said, uh, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's not what he said. He said we could have everything except for one tree. Mm-hmm. So he tw- he tweaked he twisted God's word and then Eve adds to it. She says, "Well, God said we can't eat it or touch it." God mm-hmm. didn't say they couldn't touch it. And so what you have here between Satan and the woman is competing uh religious spirits.
1: Yeah.
0: He's twisting God's word, she's adding to God's word. Either way, it's uh undermining God's authority and God's word. And um and for Adam, the spiritual warfare, buckle up, gentlemen, it's passivity <laughs> and cowardice. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, men will say, like, well, I didn't do anything, and that was your problem. Right. That was your sin. Right. The guy who comes home and can see that his wife is struggling and just turns the game on or goes into his man cave uh, or turns the, the game on and ignores her, he's being passive. hmm the man who sees that his kids are struggling, but he doesn't talk to them. He's passive. And so for a lot of women, uh, this would be, we're just, we verbal process on this podcast and it is real. So this is where it's going to get real. Uh, I'll ask you a question for a lot of gals who would say they are Christians. Does spiritual warfare look like for them being religious women?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen all kinds of different examples, religious and not religious, but, um, yeah, I think oftentimes she can become self-righteous if she sees him not doing something he should do. And so she makes herself out to be, um, the 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 spiritual one, one, the right Mm -hmm. one. Mm
0: -hmm. And even quoting, maybe misquoting Bible verses Mm -hmm. to show that she's the right one, he's Mm -hmm. the wrong one. Um, and for a lot of men, their spiritual warfare is whether or not they will be active and take responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of times the woman will be like, hey, you're supposed to love me, but she doesn't respect him. And so she likes to quote what the man is supposed to do, but doesn't abide by what the woman is supposed to do.
0: Well, and men do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Men pull out the the Bible says I'm the boss, which it doesn't say.
1: No. (laughs) Um, But
0: he pulls out all of the verses that sound like he gets to be domineering, overbearing, Mm -hmm. and controlling. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there can be a religious spirit on either side, where you're quoting a little bit of God's word, but then either twisting it or adding to it, so that you're weaponizing it. Um, t- and when you weaponize God's word, that is spiritual warfare. So the Bible says in Hebrews and Ephesians that God's word is living and active, like a double-edged sword. It's a it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. When you uh, when you twist it or add to it, you're weaponizing God's word, and now you are using it um, to cause harm toward God and your spouse, and the result is that is spiritual warfare and it's spiritual abuse.
1: And God started out with a command that was a positive command. You can eat of any tree of the garden except this one. That's a positive thing. Look at all the freedom you have. And then the enemy came around and turned it into a negative. Did he really say you can't eat of any tree? And he was trying to make it look restrictive. And so God gives us blessing. He gives us a fullness of freedom. And then the enemy comes and tries to take one, a negative aspect of one thing. And then we start to think, oh yeah, no, I do deserve that. And it turns selfish and independent from God. And so God, we just need to ask the Lord what he's actually saying and not try to let the enemy turn it into a negative thing.
0: So if God has a plan for your marriage and your legacy for a thousand generations, Satan does as well. Yeah. So the husband and the wife need to know that laid before them are two plans. Satan says, here's my plan for your marriage and family and legacy. Mm -hmm. And God says, here's my plan for your marriage, family and legacy. As we turn the page from the first spiritual warfare, again, I always say, we always say that after the wedding comes the war, Satan doesn't even show up until they're married. Um, that ultimately, as soon as we turn the page from Genesis three, where there's the first spiritual warfare against marriage to Genesis four, we see one brother kill the other mm. immediately. Because let me ask you this, honey, how many people live under this myth that, that their marriage and the decisions they make in their marriage don't directly involve or implicate their children?
1: Oh, So many. I hear that story over and over. Well, I was just doing what I thought was best for me, but they don't see that the kids are the ones that are going to suffer from that decision. You don't serving is it's all inclusive. You serve your spouse and you serve your kids, and you need to have an approach that does both.
0: How many times? uh, I mean, just just think of all the times that you and I have met with a couple. And they said well we know we didn't have a great marriage we know we you know weren't totally in god's will we know that we didn't really pursue oneness we were independent based upon our previous episode you know we know that we had problems but but we just really tried to love the kids and we didn't think that our issues would affect them would affect them
1: yeah oh it happens so much i hear it way too much
0: and the the truth is your marriage affects your kids, mm-hmm. period, yep. for good or bad, Yep. either for life or death, for God's plan or Satan's plan. And so I'm guessing when Adam and Eve just thought, you know what, um, we're just going to on this day make one bad decision, they weren't anticipating that they would be mm-hmm. at the funeral of one of their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, the consequences were
1: yeah catastrophic.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so maybe as we wind down, uh, we we'll just turn into a very dark episode. <laughs> uh, but but here's the here's the thing, friends. We believe that hard words produce soft people, and that soft words produce hard people. And if all you ever get is just sort of pithy insights to a better you, you're probably going to be a hardened person with a hard heart. Mm-hmm. And if you get hard words that say, you know what, Satan is lurking around your marriage. Yeah, he wants to get into your relationship. He wants your kids and he wants your grandkids. God wants a thousand generations, so does Satan. Mm -hmm. God wants to bless and forgive and heal and Satan wants to curse and uh, he wants to sicken and he wants to destroy. That's what he wants to do. And we live in an age when um, people don't think much of marriage. Many people have lost hope in marriage. And many children are growing up, and they've been so traumatized by their parents' marriage that they want nothing to do with marriage. And uh, and it's just kind of sobering, the older that we get, that we see, number one, the effects of marriage on children, mm-hmm. and then uh, what happens to marriages that allow Satan a foothold through... Temptation, lies, independence, rebellion, selfishness, bitterness. Satan will take any entry point into the marriage and he will move in.
1: He'll even redefine marriage.
0: Well, he's done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's given us, uh, and I think he's getting ready to redefine it again. Today, marriage is not between a man and a woman. And I believe that the next demonic deception will be that marriage can include more than two people. Mm -hmm. If we have, in our culture, allowed two men or two women to be married... Um, the Bible is far clearer on homosexuality than it is polygamy, mm-hmm. and there are people who there are not anyone. There's no one in the Bible who loved the Lord and was was same sex attraction mm-hmm. or or action. I should mm-hmm. say, um, but. There are many people who did love the Lord, and we're polygamous. Like mm-hmm. we're going to get into them in Genesis, and it doesn't end well. So we're not right. encouraging it. No, no, we're no. we're not encouraging it. You know, if if you need a minivan for your honeymoon, you got a problem. <laughs> um, but at, at the end of the day, our culture is just—we're walking further and further into the deception and darkness, yeah. and yep. the kids are paying a huge price. So, honey, maybe as we close, I mean, our kids now are—we uh, have two in two that are married, two in high school, one's getting ready to graduate, and one in college. And we're starting to see with their friends the implications of marriage decisions mm-hmm. on generations. Mm-hmm. Maybe just share a little bit of what that looks like without divulging individual details.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it creates a huge uncertainty for people, especially with our senior daughter um, and, you know, friends that she's had throughout the years and their parents are divorced. It's just a real uncertain time. Like they they don't know what they want to do with their life. They have a lot of fear going into their future. And do they even want to get married? And, and, you know, they date bad guys because they're insecure because they haven't been um, parented well or seen good marriage or seen healthy marriage that really is serving and building each other up. And so they end up in really bad relationships. Um, It's very, very damaging to these young kids to not have both a clear definition of marriage and not a good example of marriage or examples around them.
0: And um, we know a number of couples that, you know, it was the husband, the wife, and the Lord, and Satan showed up and said, hey, I'd like to move in Mm -hmm. too, and he did. Mm -hmm. And he's lived there for a long time, sometimes through secret sin, sometimes through unforgiveness, sometimes through bitterness and unhealed hurt, um, sometimes through just selfishness, stubbornness, independence. There's, yeah. you know, if, if you look at your house, you're like, what are all the doors and windows? You know, Satan's going to look for the one that he can
1: yeah.
0: get open, you know, and he's going to move into your house. Um, we're at that age now where we're starting to see a lot of people our age who... Uh, are Christians even, mm-hmm. and their marriage is in crisis. Mm-hmm. And they
1: didn't continue to work on the marriage and the kids took over. And so the marriage kind of got put behind them and thought, I guess I'll pick that up when the kids are out of the house and they stopped dating and you know pursuing each other. And so a lot of times the marriage is just dissolved because they don't even know who each other is anymore.
0: And or they got so used to having Satan live in the marriage Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of the problems that they're having today are problems that have been mounting and escalating for a very long time. And so it reaches a crisis, Mm -hmm. oftentimes as the kids leave home, because now it's just the two of you. And you have more time together and you don't have the distraction of mm-hmm. the children and children are a blessing we love our kids with all of our heart but they keep you busy yep and once they're gone and you're just looking at each other if satan has moved into the marriage that's the time when he can do the greatest damage and it's at the time that your kids are launching they're starting their career mm-hmm. they're choosing their spouse they're having their children and so what the marriage is supposed to be for them is this solid ground that they can push off yeah. to launch their life, to launch their marriage, to launch their family. And instead it it crumbles beneath them and they have yeah. nothing to push off from. Yeah. And so, yeah, what we learn in the tragic example of Adam and Eve, it's pretty crazy if you think about it, because uh, Romans five twelve through 21 says, because of one man's sin, the whole race fell. Hmm. The truth is that we're all part of the family of Adam and Eve. Yeah. They are our first mother and father. We all descend from them. And the decisions that they made in their marriage still affect every single human being to this very day. Yep. And sometimes when we're in marriage, we think very short-sighted, not very long-term. We think very selfishly, and we don't think generationally. We think about our pleasure rather than our legacy. Mm -hmm. And the result is that most of us walk into this world and we pay a high price for the marital decisions of the generations before us. And we feel that pain, and sometimes we even harbor that bitterness or disappointment. But the truth is, we don't look into the future and ask, the decisions I'm making today, what price will others be paying tomorrow?
1: Mm. Yeah. And you started out the whole podcast with an illustration of planning future fun. And you are planning that for us to be together because you're thinking of our future. It's good for the kids to see us planning for our future because then they see that we want to have a future together. And so it's legacy building to do that. And I think when we're continuing to work on our relationship, whether it's fun or, you know, calendar planning or ministry planning or whatever it may be, we're planning for a future together. And if you're not doing that, you're not planning for a legacy.
0: So we would give you as a final homework assignment, that I'll have you pray for him, sweetie pie, is where has Satan uh, visited or moved into your marriage? Mm. And if Adam and Eve were perfect people in a perfect environment with a perfect marriage and he showed up in their relationship, I promise you he showed up in your relationship. Yeah. And this would be something to have as a loving conversation. What we would encourage is pray before you have the conversation and Mm -hmm. tell the person, Hey, You know, the spouse, I listen to this podcast, I want you to listen to it, and then I want to schedule a time, we can pray and prepare ourselves and journal out our thoughts so that we're not coming in zero to 60, Mm -hmm. but we're we're preparing ourselves to have this conversation. Because what Satan wants is he wants that issue to become a lightning rod for conflict and controversy and have it blow up the whole marriage. So the goal is not to just talk about it, but to fix it and to heal it. Yeah. And then to uh, schedule a time and say, okay, let's have this conversation. This is where I think Satan has visited or moved into our marriage. And don't start by how he has come through their door. (laughs) Say, well, when you say and do this, it's (laughs) demonic. And you remind me of Satan. So I bought you a broom so you could commit to work on it. (laughs) Don't don't start there. Start with your own stuff and say, here are some things that the Holy Spirit has showed me and I've put in. This journal, and that's what I always like to do, is think about the conversation before you have it, and have yeah. the conversation with the Lord before you have it with your spouse. Yes. Holy Spirit, sure. where has Satan visited or moved into our marriage, mm-hmm. and where did where did I open the door or window? Mm-hmm. What did I do to leave that vulnerability point in our relationship, own that to my spouse, Bring that from darkness into light. Uh, repent of that as sin, and replace that with new patterns and obedience, so that the Holy Spirit can fill where we have That's allowed right. the enemy to infill.
1: Amen.
0: Um, yeah, and I would say, just in closing, I'll just be honest. As an example, I had bitterness early in our marriage. I had unforgiveness, and I harbored that bitterness, and as a result, I I kicked the door wide open
1: because
0: mm-hmm. anytime so me is the enemy. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. and so that was my. That would be my example of my, you know, leaving the door open Mm -hmm. for him to move into our, into our marriage. And so, you know, you've forgiven me of that. And. And I had to get beyond that. If God can forgive me, certainly I have to forgive you. There's nothing you've done to me that's in the same category of what I've done to the Lord. So our question to you, dear friend, would just be, where has the enemy visited or moved in? And how did you open that door or window of opportunity? And to think of it in terms of generation and legacy. Mm-hmm. If that is not taken care of, how many people for how many years are going to suffer how much torment? Yeah. You want to pray for him, Ben?
1: Dear Lord, I just pray that we would recognize these areas in our relationships, in our marriages that we've allowed the enemy in. And as the Bible tells us, we are to resist the devil and he will flee from us. So, Lord, I pray that you would teach these couples how to do that, that they would resist the devil together, that they would not let him have a foothold um, or come in in any way, but that they would recognize his tactics as demonic and that they would ask for your help and your Holy Spirit to take those away, and to fill that with goodness from you, uh, truth from you, and unity from you, Lord, and that they would work together um, as a couple to overcome what Satan is trying to do, and to heal their marriages, Lord, that you would cause great healing um, deep in their soul, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.